0: Open your Bibles with me to Psalm 139 for a reading, a brief explanation, and a singing of the 139th Psalm. Of these 24 verses, we may break up the chapter this way. In verses 1 through 12 is a description of our fathers all seeing all-present providence over our lives. He knows you intimately in every detail, and He is always with you no matter where you might be found. In verses 13 through 16, this all-seeing, all-present, omniscient or omnipresent providence is extended even into our mother's wombs Where he was with us when we were formed, after our conception, before we had all our parts developed, he was with us, blessing us, and every member of your physical body was in his book, and in time it was fashioned according to his design. In verses 17 and 18, the psalmist describes that God's thoughts toward him were incredibly precious... And all the choices and blessings and favors that God had shown David were abundantly merciful and kind, and great was the sum of them. there's exclamation points twice in that 17th verse. And David could not number them up. They were like the sand by the seashore in all of God's wonderful designs for his life. Two verses, 17 and 18. Then, in verses 19 through 22, the response of a righteous man. If God is always with us and sees all things and pours such abundant mercy, goodness and kindness upon us, even from our mother's womb, we should have a certain reaction against the wicked. And it's described in verses 19 through 22. Then the last two verses. If the Lord is so close to us and with us so much and has blessed us and chosen us for his companion, we want him to examine us, lest there be any sin found in our lives that would hinder that relationship. This is a wonderful psalm. Yes, I could and should say it about all 150 of them. But since this morning we're looking at one, Psalm 139, it is a wonderful psalm. Amen. I hope that as we read it together, you will be considering the personal affection that God and His Son Jesus Christ has for us, has for you individually. But as we go through these verses, and you are hearing David express God's closeness to him, and God's favor upon him, and being in front of him and behind him and around him, and no matter where he goes, God is with him, that you will take those statements personally, as God intends them, That's right. from the heart of David to your heart, that God and His Son Jesus Christ love us and are over us and around us and with us this way. Praise His glorious name. Amen. Let's all rise together, taking the precious, inspired, and preserved Word of God and reading in unison this 139th Psalm. Together. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down-sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, lo, O Lord, Thou knowest it all together. Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain unto it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit, or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, Ye bloody men. For they speak against thee wickedly. And thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee. And am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Amen, and amen. You may be seated. Thank you, blessed God and Father, for such a wonderful psalm that tells us we are not alone in this universe but that you have been with us from the moments of our conception to the present. In the first six verses, God knows you perfectly and completely. He has searched and known you. You can ask a young teenage girl who thinks she's in love, and it's really just lust, or predominantly lust, Why do you like Johnny? Well, Johnny knows me. What nauseating words. No, Johnny doesn't know you. Johnny just wants you. And you want him, so you're giving this little lame excuse about someone knowing you. A teenage boy doesn't have the ability to know a teenage girl in any meaningful way. It's hard enough for ancient fathers and grandfathers to know their teenage daughters and granddaughters, let alone some teenage boy. But enough about my illustrations and and rebuke of such foolish language. The Lord knows you perfectly and completely, and that ought to be the preeminent relationship that you ever think about of someone knowing you. He has searched us and known us, he knows you're down sitting, and he knows when you stand up. He understands your thoughts afar off. Verse two: "He compassest. He's like a compass, meaning 360 degrees. He's all around your path and when you're lying down. In the darkness of your bedroom, the Lord is all around your bed. That's right. Thou compassest my path. When you're walking and going somewhere, He's there. And when you're lying down, He's there. And He is acquainted with all your ways. Praise His glorious name. This is our Father in heaven. This is the God of the Bible. This is your Creator. This is your Father, if you're one of His children. There's not a word in my tongue. Verse 4. But lo, O Lord, thou knowest it, barely, altogether. You, what I can't f- properly form in words to express, but those thoughts that are in my tongue that have not yet made them out, you know them altogether. Right. What I do not feel able to express, you know completely. Right. If you're in prayer and you don't know what to say, but you just know how to groan, he knows the word in your tongue altogether. Right. You have set me behind Thou hast beset me. He is behind me, or you. He is before me, or you. And not only that, he's laid his hand upon us. A hand of blessing. A hand of favor. A hand that, according to verse 10, leads me and holds me. There's two things I want God to do for me with his hands. I want him to lead me and take me, and show me the way I ought to go, Amen. and I want him to take and hold me. Right. If the Lord's holding me, and it says in the Bible underneath of the everlasting arms, no one can touch me. Right. Right. If I am in his hand and he's holding me, Jesus would say in John chapter 10, verses 28 and 29, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Amen. Amen. Thou hast beset me behind and before and laid thine hand upon me. Verse 6, David just stops here. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Don't you let some little girl say that Johnny knows me. Every little girl ought to grow up being thankful that there's a God that knows her. And every little boy ought to grow up the same way that there's a God that knows him and knows him intimately and perfectly, every thought that he can't express, when he's in bed or when he's walking or running or driving, he is beset and compassed all about with the God of providence. And not merely the God of providence. We are not deists like some of the founding fathers in our nation, but a father that tenderly loves each one of us and has laid his hand upon us to bless us. Such knowledge is too wonderful. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. We will never know each other, even in the smallest fraction of the way that God knows you. That's right. I'm sorry. But that's why your relationship with God should exceed any relationship that you ever have with anyone on this earth. He knows you. He's around you. He's with you all the time. The first six verses are God knows you completely and perfectly. The next six verses are God is everywhere with you. And brethren, in these next six verses the statement that God is always with you is not to frighten you that He sees your sins. That is found in other places. That is not here. This is all comfort. That no matter what my circumstances might demand of me, and no matter where I might end up, the Lord is always there. And so here we go. Verse 7, Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Where can the Spirit of God not go, or where does the Spirit of God not go to be with the children of God? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? Where can I possibly go where you will not be there? If I ascend up into heaven, of course God is there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. My mother right now, in her body, is making her bed in hell. In the grave. right? You saw her lower down into the ground. But I want to tell you something. Her father and my father is there. right? And her body is being preserved. And the worms shall consume it. Like Job would say, if worms after my skin consume my whole body, yet in my flesh... I shall see God. Because God will preserve us when we make our bed in hell. God is not with us in the lake of fire. You should understand that. We don't go to the lake of fire. And God is not there with us when we're in the lake of fire. This is the word hell used in the King James Bible for grave. Verse 9, If I take the wings of the morning as the sun comes up and flashes across the earth and drives darkness away, if I take the wings of the morning or birds that are in the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, if I go ever so far away and I go there by flight, instead of walking, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. Is that wonderful? No matter where I go, even if I fly far away, God's hand is there to do two things. I want to say it again. It was precious to me in preparing for you. Lead me, showing me the way I ought to go when I'm lost or confused. The best way, the way that pleases Him and the way that will prosper me and my family. And then He holds me, keeps me, protects me, strengthens me by holding me up. In that tenth verse. David says, let's try something else. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me. If I'm in the dark, God can't see me. Because nothing's visible in the dark. Even the night shall be light about me. If you're afraid at night, children. When I was a little boy, I had problems with being afraid at night. And my mother would come and tell me that the angel of the Lord was camping in my bedroom and I had nothing to fear and if I wasn't comforted yet, we would take a flashlight and go search the house to find out that there was no boogeyman there. I was about five years old or four, but I want you to know that while it's dark to you, it's not dark to your Father in heaven. It says, if you say, surely the darkness shall cover me and God won't see me because it's so dark, I'm scared. Even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The night is as bright as the daytime to the Lord God of heaven our Father. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. There's no reason to be afraid of darkness. It makes no difference to God whatsoever. He sees through the one as clearly as the other. They are both the same to him. Well, they're not the same to you. That's why we put our faith in him. Now we come to conception, child development in the womb, and birth. In these next four verses, Thou hast possessed my reins, the controlling factors and aspects of my life, and the development of my soul and my spirit, you have possessed it all. You have covered me in my mother's womb. In my mother's womb. Now... Little girl says, Johnny knows me. Little girl, what did Johnny know about you when you were being formed in your mother's womb? No one knows you when you're being formed in your mother's womb. But God does. He has covered you. He has every bit of you covered. You are embraced and surrounded by the God of heaven. I will praise thee. Verse 14. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. The wonderful verse about child development in the womb of a mother. I will praise thee, and we ought to praise him, for the development of a child in its mother's womb, and for your development in your mother's womb, with God covering every aspect of it, including the reins, the controlling parts of your spirit and heart, God was with you from the beginning. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. We have not evolved. It is not an accident. We are created by an infinitely wise designer. Marvelous are God's works. And that my soul knoweth right well. Those in our midst who are taking nursing and other and medical courses, biology and anatomy, should appreciate a text like this that tells us how marvelous are God's works in creating the unborn, the child, the formation of a child from its first conception. Verse 15, My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. The very first beginnings of the cells as they divide in the womb of a woman... God was there. He wasn't hid from him. He saw it all clearly. Every cell of your beginning was important to him, and he saw each one of them. Your substance was not hid when you were made in secret in a place where no one else could see your development. And where you were curiously, which means exquisitely, wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, the hidden away parts of a mother's womb, There you were, but nothing was hid from God. And it says in 16, God's eyes did see my substance. That very first beginning that was just a small little lump of cells, you saw my substance yet being unperfect. It didn't have all the perfection of the fingers and fingernails and eyelashes. Those little features weren't developed yet. And in thy book, all my members were written. God has a book of providence and care for each one of us, which in continuance were fashioned. Day by day by day, those cells multiply and develop and show the members that God had ordained for them. So that by about day 22, that little bit of substance from a man's seed and a woman's egg is a beating heart. In about 22 days, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. There weren't any yet, but they were all written in God's book. And according to God's schedule, they in continuance were fashioned until a little child was born. And you look at that little child, it might be named Lily Faith. It might be named Elizabeth. It might be named Zach. And you see every little fingernail. That is so awesome. They're on the right side of the finger and they're at the end. You know, what if you got them on your knuckles? They're perfect in the little eyelashes. And you look at all of it and you say, I will praise thee Amen. is what we ought to say. Right. I will praise thee. Verse 14. But there's more than that. It's not just that God saw you, knew you, and was around you, and surrounded you, and protected you, and fashioned you according to his book. He had a whole lot more thoughts toward you than the development of your fingernails and your eyelashes. And they're contained in verses 17 and 18. How precious also, how precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God! Exclamation point. How great is the sum of them! Matthew... Every job that you've held, the parents that you've had, the trip that you made from Mississippi to Greenville, South Carolina, the way that God has led you, the house He's put you in, the wife He's given you, the children you have, the truth that you've come to understand and to love, He's controlled your reins and your heart, and His thoughts towards you are numberless. Amen. And they're wonderful thoughts, and they're good thoughts, and they deserve an exclamation point, and Matthew is but one of us. Amen. He's led you. Has His right hand led you? And and held you? How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If you add up all the little things that God has done in our individual lives to bring us to this moment, it is an incredible number of little things he's done to save us and forgive us and lead us and guide us, protect us. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with thee. In my bed at night, I speak as David. In my bed at night, I think of all the thoughts that you have done toward me. Why am I lying here in this palatial bed, in a palace, in Mount Zion, in the city of Jerusalem, being the man after God's own heart? Thy thoughts toward me are overwhelming. And as I meditate upon these thoughts in the night, and I drift off to sleep, and I wish that every night was this way for each of you and me, When I awake, you are still there. You know, we drift out of consciousness when we go to sleep, but God never sleeps. Does Psalm 121 tell us that our God doesn't slumber or sleep? When we awake, he's still with us. When we have this kind of a relationship with our Father and we know that there is a Creator that has created us in this kind of a fashion, what do we think of those who deny God and say that we came from monkeys? What do we think of them? Well, the next four verses tell us what godly men like David think of them. And if you don't think of them like this, then you have a spiritual problem. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. They have been formed in the womb in the same way. They have had God's sunshine and God's rain upon them every day of their lives, and yet they blaspheme him and reject him and cast his law behind their backs and trample upon it with their profane feet. Surely thou wilt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. I want no wicked men around me to distract me from worshiping this glorious God and Father that I have just described. For they speak against thee wickedly, and thine enemies take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord. Hatred is good right. when it's hatred against an evil thing. Right. If you love good things, if you love righteousness, then you hate unrighteousness. If you love those who love the Lord, then you hate those who hate the Lord. This isn't my invention. This is Psalm 139. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee, and am not I grieved with those that rise up against thee. I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them mine enemies. That's a noble and godly attitude when it's expressed toward God's enemies, especially in light of His providential mercy and care over us. And last of all, if God is so near to us, if God has always known us, if every thought in our hearts and the intents and motives of our heart are well known, we want Him to search us and examine us and try us to get rid of everything there that would displease Him because we want Him to look in upon us and into our hearts and see only good things of loving Him and committing to serve Him. And so the words, and I'm thankful for a godly father. This is one of the texts that I have heard out of his mouth countless times over my life. And I'm thankful for these last two verses. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Now he's already said that God does know his heart. But here's a request for that inquisition to be done in such a way to look for any problems that are there. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. And know my thoughts. We've already read that he knows, he does know our thoughts. But this is to know them and see if there's anything there that would displease our Father. See if there be any wicked way in me. And if there is, forgive me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is your Father. I hope you'll love him today. Amen.